You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 037. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 37. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey guys, welcome to the Joy Junkie Show podcast. Amy here, and as you know, uh, Mr. Smith is on hiatus for a while until the late spring, so I have had some really incredible guest co-hosts, or as I prefer to call them, guesties, and I'm really thrilled for my my guestie today, <laughs> oh, Dr. Danielle Dowling. I'm already laughing. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah, so excited. Thank you so much. Really thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, and I'm laughing already because I have... I have something really exciting to share with everybody about our shoot the shit segment. <laughs> but before before I jump into that, um, I just want anybody who's new to the show, I just want to let you guys know how we operate here. Typically, we'll bounce back and forth between life topics and love topics, and we'll uh, we actually have a really awesome love topic for you today. We're going to talk about the anti Valentine. And looking really at how the hell do you preserve your relationship and cultivate a healthy relationship the other 364 days of the year. So we're going to bring that to you pretty soon. Um, But let me talk to you a little bit about Danielle so that that I can tell you this juicy story. Uh, Dr. Danielle Dowling is a writer, blogger, and life coach. She holds a doctorate in psychology and is an intuitive strategist who works with women leaders who are ready to stop compromising on the things that matter most, like self-realization, soulful companionship, and accessing innate power. Her goal is to inspire women to live inspired lives, to help them experience a life better lived, and to help women achieve their dreams, whatever they may be. And you can find her at, uh, isn't it danielle-dowling.com? That's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Yay. Yay. So I have to tell everybody, (laughs) Danielle and I met uh, through the interwebs first. And then ended up at a live conference probably about a year ago, right? Yeah, I actually think it was a year and a half. I think it, cause it was my birthday, and it was in October. And so I think it was oh yeah, yeah. A, yeah a little over a year ago now. So I think we were tweeting or Facebooking or something, and I'm like, I am seriously sitting two, two <laughs> tables away from you right now. We didn't know we were there, and we happened to be Facebooking <laughs> – each other at the same time. And I'm like, wait, where, where are you? I'm like right next to you. Yeah. Oh. So, it, which is hysterical because <laughs> in our profession, most of our relationships are virtual. You know? Right. Like, we yeah. don't have a shit ton of friendships that are, like, we see them in real life. I yeah. mean, like, Skype is the closest thing. So when you're like, in real life, it's it's in person. It's in person. So, but it gets better, you guys. So, of course... 
I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I am a glutton for lip gloss. I like it to be damn near dripping on my chin, which it has <laughs> done before. And <laughs> so No it hasn't. Stop it. <laughs> yes, it has. Oh, I have... that's funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was talking one time and somebody was like, uh, uh. Uh, and I'm just going to my story and it's all thunk, like a big drop, like right onto my chin. Yeah. That's a little that's excessive. On your chin. That's so, funny. so Danielle and I are talking. Oh my God. Why don't it you? It was a break. I think it was a break. There was a break <laughs> between speakers. Everybody was getting food, coffee. So we're, we're already getting us to see each other. We've already been there, done that. And we're like meeting up again and say, Hey, what's going on? And you must have just applied your lip gloss or something. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're like, there's something in my lip gloss. I get a fly. There's a fly in my lip gloss. I was like, oh, my freaking God, there is a fly in your lip gloss. Who did this happen to? Who did this happen to? In my 36 years, I've never seen this. It's hysterical. So, so of course, like, get it all, get it out. Yeah, but listen, I was there for you, girl. I picked that flag right out of your <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, oh. I am absolutely, like, just all things professional. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a bonding moment. First time meeting a person, and I get to pick a fly out of your lip gloss. I'm honored. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> we awesome. will forever have that moment together now. <laughs> I know, and it, so we were we were chatting before we start, oh. started recording, and and she was like, "Oh yeah, anybody pull a fly out of your lip gloss lately?" <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, that's exactly what we're gonna shoot the shit about. Today. Yeah, I fly free. <laughs> well, it's a book, sister. It's one for the book. So, okay, so let's let's jump in. Let's talk about some stuff. Re- relationship stuff. I know. I always say let's talk about let's take some time to talk about shit that doesn't matter at all, and then we'll talk about like stuff that does matter. So, I thought it's because yeah. the Valentine season is coming up. And I have my own opinions about this whole thing. Uh, But I thought, you know, what I I see is one of the biggest uh, pitfalls in relationships, and I would love to hear your thoughts too, um, is that people usually reserve romance for specific times during the year. Or they say, okay, it's our anniversary. We need to go out to dinner and have wine and have a romantic night. Or it's Valentine's Day. We should, you know, buy each other gifts. And it becomes so obligatory instead of what it really needs to be, which is a celebration of your connection and your love. Mm -hmm. So whether you celebrate it or not, I don't think that really matters. I think it's about looking at how do you cultivate a, a positive, healthy relationship in which you thrive, in which you are happy the other th- 364 days of the year. So, uh, yeah, for me, the the one thing that I see, like I just mentioned, is really that we reserve romance for when we kind of have to. Like, okay, we need to play the romance card. Right. Um, what do you think? No, I absolutely agree with you. I think a lot of – so it's a very overrated holiday. 
Um, it's sort of like New Year's, <laughs> you know, very overrated holiday, lots of expectations around those big days. And it's it really what ends up happening, unless you sort of have that healthy connection the other 364 days a year, you, you're, one of the partners is going to be starving, right? Like emotionally starving. And um, it's, it's, there's going to be a lack. And so you're going to run into so many other problems the the rest of the year and something like a big valentine's day just isn't going to fix it right the flowers one day um a year the chocolate box one day a year the i love you one day a year i mean it's just and plenty of people do it but i happen to think it's not sustainable um and and then and yeah and of course the expectation that this has to be a big thing right Right. Um, so we much need, pressure. Right. We need to make up for not paying attention to each other the way we, you know, really should be the rest of the year on this one particular day. So it, and it, it could be um, it could be really disappointing, especially if that partner doesn't live up to your expectations on that one day. Much right. easier to cultivate the love and the connection and the affection and the attention and the respect the other days of the year. And then. The holiday is just going to be another wonderful day. Like, you know, maybe you do, you do the little dinner out, but it doesn't have, nobody's expecting fireworks. Right. Right. Or to try to make up for the entire year. That's I, right. I do think there's a lot of people who, over the course of many years, uh, due to negligence and maybe not maintaining a connection, right. they... It, they feel like this is all I have. This is my only chance at connection with my spouse because we've nurtured a completely different way of operating. Mm -hmm. So you hold on to it. And like you said, so much pressure and so much weight is go goes into this holiday. So I had a conversation with a, with a friend of mine years ago and you know, Mr. Smith and I just, we don't celebrate it because you know, for us it's the whole commercialism bullshit That's just right. doesn't sit well with us politically. <laughs> but, um, but she said, you know, I really love that it, it gives me another excuse to celebrate my partner. Mm. And I'm like, that's great. That's how it should be. So right. if it's in service of you, if it really is in service of your relationship, knock yourself off, knock yourself out. The problem I think that happens is if that's our only way of connecting with somebody or we're just like so much weight is put in it because we're hoping to make up for a failed relationship or a lost connection. Mm -hmm. And in the long run, it won't do it. Right. In the long run, which, and that's just kind of people are going to feel deprived. One of the partners is really going to feel deprived, right? And 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 most likely disappointed on that one day because there's no possible way that that one day is going to make up for what's missing the other 364 days, right? So if you want to have a healthy companionship, a healthy partnership, it needs to be tended to. It needs to be nurtured those yeah. other days of the year. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, sometimes what can happen too, maybe people listening will can relate to this, where uh, perhaps the woman is always craving romance, mm -hmm. and the or it could be vice versa, absolutely. But where you know, oh, I always want to be courted and taken out, and I want flowers and I want these things, and perhaps the you know the man doesn't really want to do that, or it doesn't come naturally, or that's not their love language, etc. Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes this compound effect where they 
the woman is it's extra pressure because she's like I need you to love me the way I receive love and you need to show me the way I want to be shown today and you better bring it and so it can just create so much more angst so what we're going to talk about today is really um besides that no matter what Valentine's Day is for you, whether it's an, a, an addition, an addendum to your relationship, or if it's been causing you stress, we want to give you other ways to create that, uh, that relationship in which you thrive. So I'm curious though, before we move on, any other pitfalls or anything that you see from people? Well, just, you know, kind of jumping off something you said, it, there's a, there could be this real lack of communication throughout the year. There, there, yeah. This is one of the biggest and common relationship problems, right? Even with the most loving of couples. You know, we take a lot of um, care um, and time in the start of the relationship. And as time passes, we start losing interest, right, in one another. And we stop asking the same questions and showing the same care and the same love to one another. And there should really be a continuous process of sharing and talking about your daily routine with one another. Right. And And so I think that if we are vigilant about that, if we sort of have our antennas up about that, then we're in communication with each other all year long, and it helps negate these huge expectations around Valentine's Day. And like you're saying, I need to get my love in a certain way, and these are my expectations of you on this very big day. You know, so if during the year, um, you talk to your partner and say, look, these, these are the things I'm looking to get from the relationship. You know, these are the things I'm looking to give in the relationship. And then, you know, we're in tune with one another. You know, so each partner is getting and giving more often than not what they need during the year. And so again, Valentine's Day doesn't become this, you know, huge, again, obligatory thing with lots of lofty expectations that may not get met around it. Right. Right. I've always said that that I would say 95% of our relationship issues, our issues, period, in life can be That's resolved right. by just saying what the fuck we need. That's right. I, this, and this is another great point. And, and a lot of people, I find that a lot of people um, struggle with this. Don't feel like having to ask for something makes it less valuable. Don't yes. feel, yeah, like having to ask your partner for what you want makes it less uh, valuable. Now, it's it's... It's not an ultimatum. It doesn't mean because you ask for it, you'll get it, right? Maybe that's not their love style. Right. But, but in the vein of communicating, you know, and being an open book and trying to be on the same page, go ahead. Right. Put it out there. Ask for what you need from them. Let them take it under consideration. Yeah. You know, sometimes, like even in the closest of relationships, um, you know, Human beings, we just think and see the world differently. And something that may be obvious to her or obvious to him yeah. may simply not occur to the other partner. Not because of some, you know, character defect or, right. or lack of love, but simply because they're a different person. Sure. So in, instead of seeing their inability to anticipate your needs as a flaw on their part, you know, maybe you want to work on accepting the differences and, you know, appreciate that they're willing to meet those needs for you so absolutely and give them the chance to meet your needs that's right give them the opportunity it's a totally different thing if you express something that's a desire of your heart or that is really imperative for you as a need and then you're brutally rebuffed well, or that's a story right right you know and if 
that's a different thing because then it's going, okay, I, I hear what you need and I don't care. That's a, you know, but I do, I hear you because I think there's a lot of people who think the ideal relationship or this euphoric soulmate connection, they will viscerally and instinctively know exactly what I need all the time. I don't want to have to tell them. That's right. And that is a fallacy. I will tell you as somebody who's been in an amazing relationship for 16 years, mm. I, we still go, wow, I would not have thought that's where you were coming from, you right. know? So right. I always think if, if anything that I would say or feel would be a surprise to him, then I owe it to him to actually say that verbally to him, you know, like give him the chance. Yep. Um, anything else? Um, common relationship pitfall. Oh, tr well, this sort of goes, this, this works in tandem with the, the lack of communication and the, you know, don't feel like having to ask for something makes it less valuable, but the trying to change people, yeah. that's a big one. Um, much of our relationship stress comes from our conscious or unconscious attempts to change or control other people. Um, you know, we try to get others to behave differently. And when then when they don't change, we become frustrated and angry. Right. So we, if we keep trying to change them and they fail, we just get more angry, more disappointed, and they just become hostile. So, but if we really want to change our partner in, into someone who thinks, feels, and acts just like us, then honestly, all we're doing is judging them and we're not respecting and appreciating the differences. So, I mean, I tell clients all the time, you know, you got to like what he's about. You got to like what she's about on day one. You need to imagine if this person never changes at all, does this work for me? Yes. You know, do they work for me? Right. And, and also remind people too, you can't, you know, you can't be weary of falling in love with someone's potential. You know, how yes. they yeah, present to you on day one, does this work for you? Right. There's little negotiable things along the way, of course, in any partnership. Both sides are going to have to negotiate a little bit. But changing someone, you know, not possible. It's not, not about possible. A, don't take on a project. That's right. That's. I mean, that's just – and it's also really um, rude. Like it's, Disrespectful. I it's, was thinking the word disrespectful. Yeah, it's yeah. so disrespectful right. to be like, you will be good enough when, when. Mm -hmm. I work on you, you know? Right. And But we do that. We see potential, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I really think that's our natural inclination is we think um, – the same way we see with siblings or with parents. We go, oh, gosh, things could be so much better if you would just do this. Right. But the bottom line is when you're getting involved in relationships, it's about understanding what your bottom lines are, not standing in judgment. So, for instance, if I was engaging in a relationship with somebody and I'm noticing that they aren't – like at their core, they aren't the things that, that I need in order to thrive and be happy in a relationship. It's not about standing in judgment and, and making them become that. It's right. about owning my personal experience and going, okay, there might need to be a decision here. There right. might need to be – you know, if that's what I'm signing up for, will that be okay for my future? And and if not, I need to take care of Amy, not mold this person into being what that's I need. That's right. That's right. But so many of us, because one of our deepest desires, right, is to be in relationship. It's just part of yeah. our, our nature, right? We're animals. We're, we're built for survival. Every part of us fights for survival. And being in relationship is one of the things that, 
you know, allows us to thrive, you know, so, but there's so much fear around not finding that partner, right? And so much has changed in the last 40 years, especially for women. I mean, really for both the genders, but, but there's this, um, I find that there's this desperation behind making the most out of Mm -hmm. this guy, right? guy in front of you and so this is where the change and the molding and making him what because there's this fear to really address well what is it that I need right what do I want to give what do I want to get what are my deal breakers in relationship you know really break it down and think about what those things honestly are and then assess can this person give it to me if they cannot then it's not generous to you it's not generous to them and quite frankly it's not generous to the world to partner with this person right the best thing to do is the most generous thing to do, right, is to let them go. Right. You know, it's to let them go. So I'm, I'm agree with you 100%. You need to, we need to more often than not fold inwards, really get introspective and and think about what do, what do I need in relationship? How, what do I want, what, again, what do I need? What do I want to give? Because that's important. Right. And what are my deal breakers? And then you take that with you into every date and say, okay, right. is, this, is this person the right match for me? Not can I make this person a husband? Can I make this person a boyfriend? Can I make this person a girlfriend or a wife? You know, just because I need to fill the void, just right. because I'm lonely, you know, well, that again, not sustainable. It, it'll dismantle you and the relationship in the long run, because eventually that person, you know, that person is going to, um, I mean, they're, 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 they're yeah, they're going to be them. <laughs> they're going to be resentful. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, something I think that is really worth uh, underlying here is that, um, or underlining rather, is that a lot of times that motivation to behave in that way, to force somebody to be something, to really want to take advantage of what's directly in front of you is based off of fear. It's a motivator of fear. What if I, what if this person isn't the one? What if I have to start over again? What if I'm alone forever? What if I, and so we start our actions are dictated by this fear motivation. Right. So what would it be like if you were motivated by love? Right. And you actually wanted that person's greatest good, whether or not they were for you or not. That's right. And it's a fucking hard thing to take on. You know, it's not a snap of the finger and it sure as hell is not a 30 minute podcast episode, but it's something for you to start turning the light on as far as awareness goes. And that, that I'm always talking about that is the minute you can become conscious as opposed to unconscious about these sort of decisions and choices and behavioral patterns, then you can really start crafting a new way, crafting Mm -hmm. a new approach, how you behave inside of a relationship. Um, yeah. So just out of, out of, uh, service of time and and um i really want to jump into some of these tips and suggestions for what people can do to actually create a healthy relationship year-round so um yeah jump in and then i've got a couple sure sure well the the first one that i do think is important is have a healthy conflict style so you are you are never not going to argue right arguments happen disagreements happen it's not about being angry that's the problem um it's the attack that ends up damaging the relationship so it helps to pay attention to and it will take a little bit of time um for this to make itself known clearly because you'll just have to go through a a dating period with one another but you want to pay attention to how each of you argue you know so again what's your conflict style 
Um, there are some couples that can scream on the top of their lungs and then work it out. I know. You know, it, yeah. it's amazing. But what, for that to be successful, you really need to have two people that enjoy screaming on the top of their lungs. Like, that's their complex style. If you have one person that wants to scream at the top of their lungs and another that wants to go to the couch, you know, and zone out and watch, like, a football game or a TV show, then it's not going to work. Right. Right? So you want to pay attention to your conflict style. Most importantly, we don't want to name call no matter how tempting, even if their actions really have been the catalyst. Yep. Blame just creates defensiveness, not communication, right? And that's one of the things we were talking about so important earlier, the communication. Yeah. You want to try to communicate your feelings in a form uh, – of their impersonal context and describe your feelings rather than those of the other person. So I always suggest to clients, this is a really great formula to go into any kind of argument or confrontation or maybe negotiation with your partner. So I love this formula. It, this would be me talking to my partner. So when X occurs, it makes me feel Y and I'd really like to see Z happen. Does that make sense? Yes. So when you do X, it makes me feel Y, and I'd like to see Z happen. It's a really clean formula. It doesn't mean it totally will stay clean, right? There's emotions, things get hot, but it, it's a really nice introduction to the conversation. You're not saying, you make me feel this way, right? right. You're saying... When X occurs, it makes me feel this way. It makes me feel ignored. It makes me feel disrespected. Right. You know, it makes me feel unloved. It makes me feel unattended to. And what I'd really like to see happen is Z. You know, and so then what you're really doing is you're you're requesting a behavior change, which is a whole different ball game than trying to request a change in values or motivations or feelings. And these these characteristics are very hard to change. It's like asking someone to be taller are more intelligent, right? But when you present it that way, when, when X occurs, it makes me feel Y, and I'd really like to see Z happen. Right. You know, they, they can get that. I think people get that much better than be called an asshole. Right. You know, and you're, you effing asshole, you make me feel, you just made me feel, blah, blah. I mean, they, they shut off. People shut off. And they just go right into defensive mode. Right. Instead right. of into... Communication mode. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. That wasn't my intention. Okay. I can try to do that thing for you. You know. I can try to meet this request. Or, you know, I can't meet that request 100%. But here's what I could do. So you open up the counter offer. That's right. That's right. And now we're talking about the real issue, and not that you're a fucking asshole. You know, which right. gets us nowhere. Right. And just. So, yeah. Well, and I would also say, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about communication and things like this, and, and I'm sure you're familiar with, do you follow John Gottman at all? Mm. Yeah. One of my favorite books ever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, kind of a pioneer in psychology related to marriage and relationships. Wow. And uh, it, it, one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, it really comes down so much to your paraverbal and your nonverbal. So people will tell me all the time, Amy, I did tell him. I did say what I need. And I'm like, really? Well, how did you say it? Well, it was right after I found out that he didn't pay a bill that I wanted him to pay. And then I unleashed and then I used your formula or I used your wording, you know. And so 
that's the thing is if you go, well, when you do this, this is how I feel. And and what I'd really like to see is a little bit of this. You know, like that doesn't count. Okay, everybody. I just want you to know. So I always say if you can do, you know, these are designed to help you when you are operating as a better version of yourself. So if you are able to allow that anger to pass, if you're allowed, you know, because I, I don't know about you, Danielle, but I, I know very, very few who scream and are combative like that. And it really is healthy for them. I know very few. Mm-hmm. I'd say a majority of people say things they, they can't take back and that actually create permanent damage. So if you've got a system down where it does work for you and it's very cathartic, knock yourself out. But I would say for many of us, we say things that we, we truly don't mean. We're mad at the situation. We're mad at feeling wronged in the moment. Uh, we feel victimized. So we lash out. So, you know, really watch, watch that approach. Watch how you're actually delivering this. And, and I think it, if I can jump in, I think it helps. Again, and this is why you want to have your antennas up and you kind of want to be vigilant about it. You want to pay attention to your complex style. So how do you argue? I mean, how do you argue in general? What happens when you get upset? And what do you need to do to recenter yourself so you're actually available to have a constructive conversation? It's not always going to go this way, but right, you want to do that more often than not. So if you know that you're someone that easily gets emotionally flexible, like you turn red in the face, your head gets hot, like you, you're white knuckling it, mm-hmm. then maybe the best thing you need to do is like go outside for a 10 minute walk, you know, go scream into your pillow, like release, physically release some of the anger, go to a workout, maybe you're not around your partner, maybe they won't be home for three more hours, yep. you know, what do you need to do? Pay attention to, again, this is right, <laughs> what, what do you need? What do you need to do to really be available to having a constructive conversation with this person and getting your needs met? Because when you're screaming at someone, you know, and you have that aggressive tone, antagonistic tone, you're not going to get what you need. So how do you calm? How do you center? How do you become available to have a conversation and really make um, a request for a behavior change? So I love it. Yeah, Yeah. I always say, how would you respond to you? Yeah. If, if you were coming at you like right. a fucking bat out of hell, right. would you be like, yeah, I can't wait to be what you need? Right. And you know what? And, and one other thing, I think that we also have to practice being more open to agreeing to disagree. Where many people are so attached to being right, to Good proving point. their point. And I'll tell you with Jose and I, there, this is part of our conflict style. I mean, there are times where we, we just, don't agree with one another. And I will walk to another room, close the door, because I need a minute to collect myself, you know, and I'll come back and we'll look at each other and we'll just go, okay, do you want to squash it? You know, and we'll like, okay, it's squashed. And then we hug and we move on. Yep. So it, it, it usually it's about something non-critical. Right. You know, and so we're able to do that. If it's something more um, considerable or sustain, uh, substantial to the relationship, then it's probably not something that's easily squashed. But most of the arguments that we have, right, most of the altercations we have are about senseless shit. Yes. You yes, know, yes. so I think we have to be willing to say, do I really need to be right here? You know, maybe I just say, okay, you know, do I need to be the right? Go to another room, borrow from a page from my book to say, do you want to squash it? We do that all the time. We're like, you want to squash it? Because it eventually gets to a point where it's ridiculous. We're like, right, right, right. We're like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, uh, have have three pairs of shoes by the front door. What do I care? 
Right. <laughs> you know, never mind. Right. Does that threaten the integrity of the relationship? <laughs> no. Right, 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 yes. right, right. So, yeah. Cool. What else? Um, enjoy a steady diet of sex and physical attention. Yes. So, again, this is like, right, the anti-Valentine. Like, what are you doing the other 364 days a year? You know, or it's not all going to be solved by just putting on a, like, sexy teddy on Valentine's Day and, like, you know, doing it three times that night, it's just not going to be enough. What are you doing the rest of the year? So really to strengthen that bond, you want to approach your lust life kind of as you would a gym regimen, right? When you've been with somebody for years and years, um, you know, you really have to make it part of your routine. For many of us, right? Yeah. For many of us. You set a goal. Set a loose goal to have sex a couple times a week. You don't have to pick a particular day, although for some people that works. Saturdays and Sundays are our days. We're just too crazy during the week. You know, the right. kids have us up, work has us getting home late, not really emotionally available to it. I'm physically exhausted. Saturday and Sunday mornings, it's like when we go to it. You know, sometimes you need to schedule it in there. But, you know, it's right. not all about sex. So let's remember physical attention of any type really kind of counts. And public hand holding, a kiss before bed, um, you know. <laughs> I actually, I forget where I read this. Oh, I think it was in The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a part of her project where she's talking about intimacy with her husband, having more intimacy. And uh, she had looked at a study that said, if you hug your partner for six seconds, like a six-second hug, that's, it really gives... Um, like the oxytocin, yes. a chance to get flowing. And then like you get, there's a little more of a bond. So Jose, I told him about what I read. And so uh, many times he'll co come home from work and I'll be like, six second hug, oh, <laughs> six I second hug, yes. you know, or like I'll hug him and I'll hold on a little longer and he'll go to break loose. I'm like, no, 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 six seconds, six seconds. And he'll laugh. He's like, okay, six seconds. I'll give you the second, the seventh second for free. There you go. There you go. So, but those things really count, right? Like little, you know, foot massages or just if you're standing in the kitchen and making dinner, you know, yeah. some, something's boiling, you're waiting for it to boil, do, do a six second hug. Those little things, turn the TV off. You know, maybe the first 20 minutes you guys are home, it's like no TV. It's if you have a drink, you know, if you drink, pour half a glass of wine, start to make dinner, download your day with one another, yes. right? Yes. So those little things, you know, they really count. The kiss when you come home from work, the kiss if you see each other in the morning before you, you guys go to work in the morning. Things are important. Those things are really important. And again, it keeps the line of communication open and the connection. Oh, so true. It's interesting because my, uh, my husband, Mr. Smith, he works as a body worker. And so he does, mm -hmm. he works in um, massage and he, it never ceases to amaze me how he, he'll tell me it blows my mind how, how much people crave touch, mm -hmm. you know, and we're starting to exist and communicate so f remotely. That's right that we're losing this primitive uh, fulfillment yeah. that, that we really truly need. Yeah. So don't discount this stuff. I'm telling you, it is not the fucking week away to Cabo that's gonna save your marriage. That's right. It's that's these right. everyday things. 
that's the cherry on the top, right? So the Valentine's Day is the cherry on top. If yes. You celebrate it, right? Like the week in Cabo, cherry on top. The wedding anniversary or the relationship anniversary, cherry on top. This is the little extra cell. This is where we when we take the sparklers out, right? And we're like, woohoo, good job, you know? Yep. But it's, right? It's like what we're talking about. It's the everyday. It's the everyday that helps us feel connected. I notice when Jose and I um, don't get that little bit of intimate time at night, just the, yep. um, the t- without the TV on, right? Like the couple, just the 25 minutes, like the six second hug and the 25 minutes at night where we just pour half a glass of wine, we download our days and we start cooking dinner. When I don't get that, I notice that when we go to bed, I want to like hug and talk and like, I want to like connect, right? Because I feel like I didn't connect. And he's like, babe, I got to go to bed. I'm so tired. Because right. he has to get up at like five in the morning. But it's so obvious to me. I'm like, oh, it's because we didn't connect tonight. It's because we like turned the TV on as soon as we came home. Right. You know, it's because I didn't get that hug or we didn't go for that walk around the block and hold hands. Yep. And it's, it, it feels obvious to me, you know, perhaps more obvious to me as a woman than it does to him as a man. But um, I certainly notice it. So important stuff. Wow. Yeah, and it it's uh oh my gosh, it's it, what I find and perhaps you do too in your work is that people want some sort of earth-shattering recommendation. Uh, <laughs> yes. on, on the how, magic pill. Yes, go to this sex conference and your life will change. It's like it isn't. It is not rocket science. It isn't. It's just actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. consciousness around it. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, right. Paying attention to what you need so you can be clear about it. So you're not like spouting off like a crazy person. Right. Right. So pay attention to what you need so you can properly ask for it from them. You know, pay attention to conflict styles so you can respect the other person. Yep. You know, pay attention to um, the physical attention, the little light, like, the six second hug. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, if you've been together a while, make it make a sex date. You know, depending yeah. on your schedule. Some people don't need to make sex eight. They have sex three, four times a week. I don't even know how that's possible because I'm exhausted. Yeah. But like but like some people it's like Saturday, Sunday is our day. Yeah. Just sometimes you just gotta fit it in. And then the other the other thing I would say is um uh, the other way to really have a healthy relationship year round is to let the person know that you're thinking of them. Yes. Right? That you're thinking of them. It's small stuff. Like sometimes Jose will leave little notes in my shoes. Yep. <laughs> and he'll just say, hey, babe, love you. Have a great day. Yep. You know, a lot of times I'll send him a good morning text. He gets up way earlier than I do, way earlier. Um, and I'll send him a text when I wake up. And, hey, babe, good morning. You know, wishing you a good day. Yep. Little things like that. You know, a card. Go buy a card. Go to the, like, we, again, like you were talking about earlier, we're so remote. We're so, we're text and the email and the, go buy a card. I think Papyrus makes beautiful cards. We're sort of obsessed with them. Like, we're always buying yeah. Papyrus cards. They make gorgeous cards. Leave it on their pillow. Just want to let you know I love you. Thanks for dinner last night. You know? Yes. Thanks. You know, thanks for taking the Christmas tree out and cl- cleaning up all the pine needles. I know that's freaking annoying. Totally appreciate you for it. Exactly. You know, all those little things. Thanks for doing the dishes all week while I was away on this conference or studying for this test or launching this program. Little things like that make a difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the rules that Mr. Smith and I have is we 
we have a rule that we cannot text one another about anything operational. Like, can you pick up this on the way home? Can you grab this? Uh, or, hey, what do you think of this? Nothing like that until we've actually said something loving and kind, even in a text. Ooh. So I love it. So it's like, hey, gorgeous. Yes, yes. Or thinking of you. Hope you're having a good day. Um, been thinking about you today. Is there any possible way you could grab the dry cleaning on your way home? Yeah. Or you know, pick up a bag of avocados. <laughs> right. Instead of being business partners, instead of being all operations. Um, and that's actually one of my tips for you guys. Uh, if you don't mind, Danielle, I'll just jump into a couple really quickly. I know you need to be um, on point with time too. Um, bring back the niceties, especially if you are in a situation where you've been in a relationship for a really long time. We habituate a way of being over time. So I always say relationships do not fall apart overnight. They fall apart due to lack of maintenance over time. A plant doesn't die overnight. It dies over time from negligence, from not watering it, from not tending the soil. It's the same thing in a relationship. So over time, we create a different way of communicating with each other, a different way of talking to one another. And a lot of times we lose the niceties. We lose the kindness, the compassion, the friendliness that we started off with. Mm -hmm. So one of my best questions that I love to ask couples is, if I were a fly on the wall, if I were to hear how you talk to one another, would we have any idea you're in love? Yeah, good question. Would we have any idea you're in love? Talk to me like I'm somebody you love. You can do that when you're asking to pick up milk. Mm -hmm. When you're asking, I mean, mm -hmm. you can do, you You have the power to do that right now. Yeah. That's uh, a great point. It's a great point. Otherwise, you turn into roommates too. Exactly. You know, and I've shared, I've shared before, you know, we have a lot of roommate type shit in our relationship because we're so sure. independent. We have separate finances. We have separate sides of the fridge. We do our, <laughs> We do our own grocery shopping. We do our own laundry. So we are responsible to bring romance and all of that stuff so that we don't feel that way. And it works incredibly well for us. But right. if we didn't have such a stark um, emphasis on how we speak to each other, how we maintain our relationship every day, we would get completely lost and alienated from one another because of how we operate. Mm -hmm. um, but my other two are really quite poignant as it relates to yours and one was uh create a daily ritual and we have something really similar to the six second hug and we call it get to the step okay. where where because my husband's quite a bit taller than me so he'll stand on the bottom step I'll stand on the top <laughs> step and we just embrace and that's how we say goodbye every day oh, I like it get to the step <laughs> and it's it's a it's our connection it works it works yeah so whatever, if it's, if it's, you know, we also have matching mugs every morning and we have sort of a, you know, a connection due to that. And uh, so there's all sorts of little things, very little things that take seconds yep. to do yep. that you could implement immediately. Can you start debriefing your day every day? Can you, can you at least just say what you're thankful for or the highlights of your day? Um, can you start a, a morning ritual like you guys do where you you acknowledge the other person's day, like, good morning, I love you, you know, whatever. Create something that you could do every single day that cultivates connection. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I'm a huge advocate for this. 
having a date night. Okay. When people say I need to find time for my relationship, I'm like, good fucking luck. Cause you'll look over here. You'll look over there. You'll never fucking find it. You have to make it happen. If you would tell me that this relationship is one of your priorities, you need to act like it. Mm -hmm. So get it on the books. Everything that is relevant in your life guaranteed gets put in your calendar. That's right. Do the same thing for your for dating and do the same thing for your fucking sex life. I, right. I say the same thing. I say the same yeah. thing, Danielle, because we, we like the idea of it being organic. Really? Well, a life doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. Unless if that part comes naturally to you, awesome. Yeah, I'm but jealous. For, <laughs> but for most of us, it doesn't. That's right. Especially when you get 30s, 40s, 50s and upward, you're highly affected. Your sex life is highly affected by stress. That's right. So if you've got, and, and when you're living together, I yes. mean, it's, it's, when you're when you're just dating in the beginning, well, you just got a lot of natural hormones that are on your side, right? The serotonin and the dopamine, dopamine and the norepinephrine that's running rampant through your your um, through your body, and so you're just charged up, and it's all about lust. But once things start to calm down a bit, and then you start and you move in with one another, it's very easy to miss that date. It's very easy to, for it to turn into that roommate relationship, and so it has to be managed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, I think if I had any final thoughts that I wanted to offer everybody is uh, what we're telling you doesn't cost a ton of money. What we're telling you doesn't cost even a ton of time. So if this is something that you really want to shift for yourself, you all you need to do is pay attention and make a concerted effort and just decide that it matters to you and create some consciousness around it. And that's possible. Super. It, it is totally possible. Um, yeah, so any final thoughts you wanted to offer, Danielle? I would just say oh, I really liked that we danced around this point of creating a few rituals. Just create a few rituals in your relationship, whether that's a good morning text or email or phone call, whether that's like a get on the step for a hug, or whether yep. that's a six-second hug, whether that's making a sex date, you know, um, and you can come with your ideas too, <laughs> you know, you want to make yep. it a little saucy, you can come to the sex date with ideas. So having a date night, right? I think the, the whole theme of this call is just acknowledging that quality partnerships take conscious effort and take loving conscious effort, right? They take maintenance. So it's these little things that don't really cost any money that will allow you in the long run to have a really loving, sustainable partnership. And so just begin to fold those things in like you like you go to the gym in the morning at 6, 6 a.m. or you go in the evening at 7 p.m. You know, think about just three to four rituals you can start folding into your relationship that are going to allow that intimacy to deepen and grow. Absolutely. That's great. It's perfect. Yay. I love it. We're, we've never done this before, but we're so in tandem, like just completely. We should teach a class, Danielle. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> 2014. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, well, I, I can't thank you enough for your insight and being here with me today. I so appreciate it. Uh, tell everybody again where to find you. Oh, sure. It's danielle-dowling.com. Perfect. And then they can connect with you on Facebook and Twitter and, and yeah. everywhere through that portal, correct? That's right. That's right. Awesome. So thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go out there and create some sort of sacred ritual for your relationship. Um, so here is to loving and living your most badass life. Danielle and Amy out. Bye.